my name is Pete Redden, and welcome to The Way I Taught It, Next Level Aviation Knowledge in Microbursts. Welcome to another edition of The Way I Taught It. Today's discussion, the NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board. Before we get on with that, I just want to throw out some ideas for you to discuss with your CFI, with your chief instructor pilot, whether you're part 61 or part 141, something to take into account. I've had a lot of applicants fly into my home airport to take exams with me. Uh, This is a great thing because it allows me to do more exams and be more efficient in giving exams up to three a day, as opposed to traveling to do one exam in a day. And it helps the general aviation community overall with scheduling exams. Yes, there is a revenue gain for me uh, as a DPE on that, but when you travel to the DPE's location, normally, usually, the fee, the test fee should be a lower test fee as opposed to when we have to travel to you and we have to take into account our time for traveling uh, as well into the test fee and the fact that we can't get multiple tests done in a day. So if you have to travel because you're having trouble finding a DPE in your local area, here are some things I would discuss with your flight instructor, with your chief instructor pilot. Uh, You have to look into your 141 rules if you're part of a 141 school and the courses and the syllabi. If you're part 61, you have a little bit more leeway with how you do this. But let's say you have to travel, you're a student pilot, and you have to travel Uh, to a DPE to get your exam done in a timely manner because all your local DPEs are booked up. What you could do is make that trip part of your instrument training. So let's say you have to travel 250 miles for your exam. Why not make that your 250 nautical mile three airport, three different instrument approaches, instrument cross country. Very easy to do in part 61, probably harder to do in part 141, but worth asking the question uh, of your CFI and your chief instructor pilot. It could be possible, don't know, but it might help you save money from just burning jet, or burning, I was gonna say burning jet fuel, uh, you know my background, uh, burning 100 low lead to get from point A to point B for just an exam. Now you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Let's say you're going to your instrument exam. Maybe you can do your 300 nautical miles solo cross country to a DPE somewhere uh, that has better availability than your local DPEs. So you can see, using your exams to knock out training requirements, especially if you have to travel a significant distance, might help you save some money in the long run. Now, I know there'll be some detractors that say, hey, how can you do your IFR 250 nautical mile uh, on you know instrument training ride one? Uh, uh, well, you can. And uh, you can do it as an introductory. You can introductory to IFR operations. And there's nothing that says you can't do another one down the road if you so feel because you still have to make, at least under Part 61, 40 hours of 
instrument training. So there's a way to, to do it. You could do five 250 nautical mile cross countries, but at least in this case, you can look at it as I'm building cross country time towards another certificate. Uh, you could use that time to build additional simulated instrument time towards your 10 hours of commercial pilot uh, instrument time, simulated instrument time that you need. So lots of ways to work things uh, to be counted towards future requirements. Now remember, we can't double count requirements. So you have to meet the basic requirements of the certificate that you are pursuing and then any requirements or any flying above those requirements can be counted on to future requirements as long as they log they're logged and annotated correctly. So anyway, on with today's topic, again, the NTSB. So you've taken your written knowledge test and scored less than 100%. Well, join the club. The one and only code that printed was deciphered from the associated ACS as National Transportation Safety Board Accident Incident Reporting. So what is all this about? I have seen this become a trend item over the majority of the written tests that I view for exams. So what is it that we're missing about the NTSB? As you know, if you miss it on your written exam, it's going to come up on your test in one shape or form or another. So what's the background on the NTSB? According to their website, the National Transportation Safety Board is an independent federal agency charged by Congress with investigating every civil aviation accident in the United States and significant events in other modes of transportation to include rail, transit, highway, marine, pipeline, and commercial space. They determine the probable cause of accidents. They investigate and issue safety recommendations aimed at preventing future accidents. In addition, they conduct transportation safety research studies and offer information and other assistance to family members and survivors for any accident investigated by the agency. So it's not only aviation that the NTSB looks into, it's all things, mostly aviation. But the important part here, and I think this was misunderstood by a part 121 carrier air crew recently, the NTSB, they're not the bad guys. And I'm not insinuating that the FAA are the bad guys, but when it comes to accidents and incidents, the NTSB is investigating from the point of how do we prevent this? How do we gather all the information and how do we take that information and make it into something digestible for all pilots to read so that other pilots can learn from this accident or incident. They cannot take certificate action. They can't take your certificate away from you. They can't suspend it. They can't terminate it. All they're going to do is gather the information and put out safety recommendations. And I believe that part 121 uh, air crew that had a taxi incident they refuse to talk to the NTSB from what I understand, which is probably not a really smart move because that puts you in a bad light that you're really not concerned about safety. Now, when it comes to talking to the FAA, of course, that's where certificate actions could happen. That's where suspensions and revocations can happen. Uh, that's where potentially fines could happen. And yet you probably need a lawyer. Uh, but again, 
cooperating in an appropriate manner with the FAA will probably help you further in the long run than hurt you. The same thing with the NTSB. I would always, 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 always cooperate with the NTSB from a standpoint of their motivation is safety, safety for others, learning the most you can about the accident or incident, and then getting that information out there. So relatively speaking, the NTSB investigators are the good guys. So how do we report an accident or an incident? First, you start off by going to the NTSB website and finding the report an accident button on the right-hand side of the website. This will give you five options. Option one, you can download a guide to responding to a transportation accident. Option two, preparing a statement as a witness to a transportation accident. Option three, report an aircraft accident. This is part of the ACS reference. Option four, report an ACAS or TCAS advisory resolution. This one is if you had to follow an advisory resolution from your TCAS to avoid another aircraft, to avoid a mid-air collision, this is where you would go report it. Option five, report a vehicle safety problem or defect. Obviously, we're going to focus on one through four. Option one and two go together, responding. We're going to assume 911 has been called and the first responders already on scene and helping the injured. The NTSB asks to document via photos, video, or written notes any and all information about the wreckage. Document injuries, or in some cases, fatalities. Gather witness information and statements. The NTSB has a PDF guide that you can download for your notes. Now, if you're the pilot of the incident accident aircraft, obviously you're gonna be tended to, you're gonna be in shock, you're gonna, you're gonna recover, and then you're gonna be required to do all this stuff. If you are a, a witness and you're a pilot and you understand this, you can start documenting all of this for the NTSB so that when they show up, you can kind of hand your records over to them. All the information that you gather is gonna get sent to witness at ntsb.gov. That's under option two. Option three, report an aircraft accident. This is where the ACS answer comes from. This will direct you to 49 CFR 830, which defines the requirements of when to report or notify the NTSB of an aircraft accident. Specifically, 830.5, immediate notification, 830.6, information to be given, and 830.15, reports and statements to be filed. So immediate notification in 830.5 is a laundry list of stuff that include flight control malfunction or failure, injury, illness leading to inability of required crew members to execute duties, jet engine turbine failure leading to escape of debris, in-flight fire, aircraft in-flight collision, damage to property other than aircraft in excess of 25,000, in-flight failure of a propeller, complete loss of in-flight electronic aircraft displays for more than 50% of the installed displays. So think of your G1000, think of your G500. If you lose one entire screen, that is potentially reportable to the NTSB. Again, compliance with ACAS or TCAS resolution advisories while on an IFR flight plan, while operating as a public carrier, overdue aircraft that are believed to be part of an incident or accident. So now according to 830.6, what information do we give? Well, we have to give type, nationality, and registration marks to the aircraft, 
owner and operator of the aircraft, pilot in command, date and time of accident, last point of departure, intended landing of aircraft, position of the aircraft with reference to some easily identified geographic point, number of persons aboard, injured, killed, nature of the accident, weather, the extent of damage to the aircraft, as far as you know, and description of explosives, radioactive material, other dangerous articles carried. So you can see that the, the guidance here is very straightforward, um, very clear cut and 830. Now, uh, under 830.15, reports and statements to be filed. So reports, the operator of a civil public or foreign aircraft shall file a report on board form 6120 within 10 days after an accident or after seven days of an overdue aircraft that is still missing. A report on an, accident, an incident for which immediate notification is required by 830.5 shall be filed only as requested by an authorized representative of board. So if you're the owner or the operator, you have 10 days to report the accident or seven days to report an overdue aircraft. Crew member statements. Each crew member, if physically able at the time the report is submitted, so this report that is being submitted by the uh, owner operator, shall attach a statement setting forth the facts, conditions, circumstances related to the accident or incident as they appeared to them. If the crew member is incapacitated, he shall submit the statement as soon as possible as he is physically able. So we have to go back to those first two references and grab everything about the air, the airplane and grab everything about what happened in the sequence of events. Where to file the report. The operator of an aircraft shall file any report with the field office of the board nearest to the accident. All of this information can be found in the Aeronautical Information Manual as well under section seven 7-7-2 aircraft accident and incident reporting. And you can always just email everything to the witness at ntsb.gov email address. So there you have it. That's what you need to know about the NTSB. So when you go take your written test, if that code pops up as one of the questions you got wrong, listen to the podcast a few times, jot down some notes. And when you go to your exam, you'll have a good idea of uh, what the examiner will probably ask you about with regards to accident incident reporting uh, for the NTSB. Again, I'm Pete Redden, and that's another episode of The Way I Taught It. Thank you for finding this podcast worthy of inclusion in your study of aviation. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If not, please leave feedback on how to improve this podcast and associated less than five-star review. Until next time, fly safe, fly smart. That's The Way I Taught It.